Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. And this is Trav. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of thinking everything is fine and all the bad guys are taken care of, and then you find out, tricky rabbits. Why are those people looking at us given the stink eye over there at that one portal? Because we they've been told about us, that's why. <laughs> but are, are, are you uh, speaking on, on the side of the ASA or the new Commonwealth? Ooh, see, that's where it gets tricky. Who's giving who the stink eye? That's right. Well, it's just that we're talking this week about the, uh, the ASA in Fringeworthy, otherwise known as the African Socialist Alliance. Now, it's funny because the African Socialist Alliance actually includes a number of countries over in South America as well. And it basically goes, it's, it takes a, a chunk of Persia as well, doesn't it? Uh, Libya, actually, because the yeah. Rabina well, Sansi... Libya is not Persia, but yeah. Yeah, Libya. Okay. So basically, just imagine most of the middle of Africa... Up on up onto the uh, north coast and a big chunk of South America, especially Chile, and that is the African Socialist Alliance. Now, if you've read the book, you realize that these are the people that are intentionally set up as antagonists to our heroes, IDEP, the IDA, uh, 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 later known as the New Commonwealth. Oh no, they—that's uh, what I'm saying—is that you know that's a faster way of finding of discovering Fringeworthy than going to Alien Worlds. Well, the thing is, though, they're going to be seeing, you know, because remember, there's a portal, there's a stop station there in front of the Easter Island portal, and then there's a stop station at the Hatsumi portal on the Prime platform. And you know that those guards are going to be sitting there just looking and going, why are they walking these women? Okay, they walk, they're there, they turn them around, walk them back through. And after a while, wheels are going to start turning, and they're just going to be going, you know, the, you know, the people at Hatsumi, you know, you're going to get some medical people going it's like those rat sons of mother oh my god i can't believe they're doing it so they're gonna figure it out oh yeah there's no question because i mean who's gonna figure out first the uh the earth pro uh i mean idet is you know woman who's pregnant is gonna go through and it's gonna turn out their kids friends worthy you know it's gonna happen or they or it's gonna happen with the uh, the asa so, so somebody's gonna figure it out you know in the in the early campaign yeah they're gonna they're yeah and i think these people get pregnant. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it... Okay, what is it? Parallel evolution. They're both going to sort of probably stumble upon it at one time or another, realizing <laughs> where it's like, okay, yeah, you know, we've had to sideline this, you know, Maria Espinosa who was there in Chile because she was pregnant. Yeah, and I think the ASA will discover it first because the way they cast the ASA as being more... I don't want to use the word uncaring, but more militant. I don't use the word military either. Just basically more resolute that you know about you know uh, exploring the French past, gaining advantage, things like that. Then then they're the more lean. They're, okay, they're more I, likely to send a woman who's pregnant out to the French past. Well, the woman may not know she's pregnant. She may and then uh, you know, oh, it's time for your physical. You know, you're pregnant, and she's gonna be like, what? Excuse me? Yeah, you're sidelined. You can't go out. If you're pregnant, we're gonna have you where there's potential combat and all that, and where you're away from. I don't think the ASA is gonna do that. I think the ASA is like, well, okay, you've got. You've got four, three or four months. You can still go and do work on the fringe pass, and then you got to come back and you know take care of yourself in a, in a hospital here. That's going to be enough for them to discover. And I mean, nine months later, they're gonna, you know, the, she she's gonna go walking over the fringe path, and they're gonna have a crystal nearby. I mean, the portal. They're gonna have a crystal nearby, and it's gonna be glowing after she goes out, and someone's holding the baby. And they're gonna be like, wait a second, why is this crystal still glowing? Mom left. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, wait, wait a second. A fringeworthy is one out of a hundred thousand, and a fringeworthy woman just had a fringeworthy baby. There's got to be more to this, right? Yeah, and then they're going to realize as they start doing it more. Okay, keep a track of these women, walk them through, and it's going to be experimentation. Oh, I'm sure that they're going to encourage them. Ah, you know, says we've decided that it's time for you to have a family. Or you what? Know, yeah, uh, what? And what's the term that? Uh, from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Dr. Daniel Whitehall, um, experimentation requires sacrifice. Yeah. 
But I mean, the first thing you're going to do is you're just simply going to say, okay, these women need to get pregnant. We're just we're going to give extra privileges to women who do get pregnant. Again, the 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 propaganda with the poster with the woman there. Yeah, yeah. The but I mean, I'm saying is that you know, I mean, they they are still in a sense soldiers of the ASA. Yeah. So, you know, before then, they're all, like, fallen orders and stuff, and they're going to say, look, you know, we, we decided that, you know, it's, that, uh, it's important for you to have a family, so we want you to get pregnant, like, right away. So uh, <laughs> if you're not married, find a, good, find, find a good donor, unless, of course, they're all Muslim, which is, which is something we haven't dealt with at all. Uh, but I'm just saying is that, you know, we'll, you know, we will help you if you need help. You know, but you need to do. We want you to do this right away, and we're willing to give you these extra special privileges. Well, like yeah, because sure, I said making sure that your children get into the best schools and you know other things like that. You know. Well, yeah, we, these. I mean, and and after a while, you're going to see a decided drop in female explorers because the propaganda oh, yeah. machine will be Seriously, gone. Find like, out is true. Yeah, it's <laughs> like by the time you know we're getting in the middle campaign, there are going to be women lining up. And I mean, they're going to be like, yeah, I want to produce more workers for the collective, be out there on the fringe path. Yeah, okay, I'm ready to go. I checked. I, you know, the blood, the test came, you know, what's the old term? The rabbit died? Rabbit died, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, I think we're dating ourselves with that one. I've, I haven't heard that That's in a long a, time. That was before me, okay? Well, still, you and I, we both... <laughs> heard it and i just don't hear it as much anymore right in general should, parlor. We tell, should we tell our listeners what that was all about uh i'll let you feel that one i'm not sure exactly but i know it had something okay that, yeah. so all right you know as we know rabbits are very prodigious in producing offspring all right yeah. so what they would do is, is they would take um a, a blood sample because it would have the hormones that that happened when a woman becomes pregnant she basically starts producing certain hormones they would take that blood Okay, and then you take the serum out of it, which still had the hormones in it. They would inject it into the ovaries of a rabbit, and then they'd have to kill the rabbit in order to in order to check. But they basically look and they would see that the rabbit's ovaries had produced a lot of. There have been changes in the uterus and everything, and its reproductive system as a result of the hormones that are in the the, the mother's blood, which are also in a rabbit's blood. So you know. And so that's why you sacrifice the rabbit to make sh- to prove uh, to get a better look at it. First, you go and look at the uterus of the rabbit to see whether or not there's indications of it. If there are, then the rabbit dies. And but they just shortened it to the rabbit died. You're pregnant. Yeah. It's not like they gave a shot to the rabbit and the rabbit goes, ah, "You're pregnant, uh, Dad." Ah. Yeah. It was part of a, a, a testing procedure. To prove pregnancy. Now, of course, you just pee on a stick. Right. Yeah. 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 It's simple, <laughs> and and uh, and oh, so terrifying. <laughs> well, yeah. Because you're yeah. all you're usually all alone when you do this, right? Um, Anyways, but yeah, so, this whole thing with with okay, so we have we'll we'll get back to the the food thing here with the and it would become a food cold war, and social media would be the tool that the ASA uses, and of course they got a lot of secret places they could do well in the eighties and nineties they would have done pirate radio, which was really big. I mean, we have internet radio now, and I mean, and knowing from experience, internet radio is a niche thing. I know this, trust me, 14 years coming up this coming Boxing Day I've been on doing my show. I know how internet radio can reach. Dementia radio, I'm told, is li- is heard in, let's see, Great Britain, Israel, Japan, and there's one other country. But needless to say, I mean, I had a, a listener who was in the military in Germany, so I know it got that far. Israel, that was the fourth country. So yeah, social media, internet radio, the internet, the ASA would just become, and they would probably have incredibly good hackers because they'd get in there and, you know, drop propaganda bombs like Anonymous does, you know, just, and they would, they would just go nuts with this food cold war saying you know we're helping our collective is helping the world we're bringing food to the people that the un hasn't they're tied up in bureaucracy which if you even go on page i believe 80 of fringeworthy d20 it shows the six organizations that are there with the ufn the unaligned fringe nations and then you take a look at the 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 tree that the un has it is convoluted as all get out folks and the ufn is keeping it simple because they're trying to help their people as quickly as possible and right. so they would have this this and and bruce said it best a food cold war problem is 
this whole thing, it'd be a cold war on many levels. It would be a food cold war. Um, he added here, cold war becomes child war because they would do this 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 forced fringe-worthy induction. Um, well, that's already happened. Well, that's yeah, but I mean the, between... That's why they're able to do it. But See, the, thing, the, the, the piece you're missing in this, because you, you mentioned the fact that you'd have these child soldiers. Yeah. I don't think there would be that, that much of that because... They have a much better use for those 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 young friendsworthy truck drivers. Oh yeah, because you need to get all this food there. Right. So you have these trucks. I don't know how many. Uh, I mean, through the big what the big portals. Yeah. I mean, you could put at least you know uh, uh, at least two containers high. You know. Uh, well, it depends not... on the container. If you're doing the shipping containers like that go on ships, that yeah, I think that's just one. I mean, the shipping containers I think of when I when I hear shipping containers that go on a ship. If you all saw the A Team movie that came out years ago, the whole scene where they were there on the ship and Face was doing the shell game with the three containers and Hannibal walked Murdoch as Morrison out there. Those containers, I only think you could put one on a truck and it would barely well, fit through. They're eight feet. Okay, they're eight feet wide. They're um, they're eight feet high, and they're between twenty and forty feet long. Yeah, okay? they can fit through the twelve foot or the twenty five so foot could, portal. So you could easily and now and remember because of the changes that Richard made, the fringe paths are, are thirty one feet wide rather than being. So that means that you could easily get four containers onto a onto onto some kind of a, a semi. Well, if you're if they're eight feet across, remember the portals are now also oval. So if they're twenty five feet, it's high, a nonahedron. It's still it's still basically a circle. Yeah. And the point is, is that it has it has to be at least you know thirty one feet will still fit. The distance between, as I'm saying, when you get to the end. Yeah, you might have to unload the top level before you un uh, uh, and 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 maybe the bottom level and send that through and then let that be you know convent con uh, a uh, you know some kind of a mechanism take it back up to the surface where it can be loaded onto ships. But the uh, uh, but the semi truck bed or whatever, most of the time it's going to be going through fifty foot wide portals. Okay, so no, that two of them together is only sixteen feet wide and 60, 16 feet high. Add the truck part, make it twenty feet high. Hmm. Still should be able to handle it. So you've got every truck, you know, is can carry at least four shipping containers. Okay, trying to see here. All right. Yeah, just um, but yeah, the, these young 15, 16 year old truck drivers. Even fourteen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, trucks that that are designed for the Chinese, you know, they may be small, you know, smaller cabs and such, which might be fine for you know Africans and other people, you know. And, and there's and remember that there's a lot of people who did not join IDET because they didn't want to be explorers. They either had disabilities, like they were missing limbs, or they were too old, yeah, or they were too young. You know, forget about the too young because they're going to get older. The ones, or they just didn't want to do it because it just wasn't what they wanted to do. See, the ASA can basically put out, you know, just send out a cattle call and say, "Look, we're paying top wages for truck drivers." You know, you don't have to risk yourself you know, you'll have you know you'll you'll have military support you just have to drive a truck across you know the fringe pass and i'll and i'll bet they would like basically in some might even empty out the IDET, you know, um, transportation authority because IDET now is going to have to meet their price and all the people who didn't and they but they didn't need that many truck drivers before you see because IDET wasn't doing this yeah. So there were still people who didn't get hired by IDAT to be truck drivers because they didn't they wanted explorers. They didn't want Well truck by the drivers. middle campaign from what it said that you were starting to do the truck driving thing. You would be spending part of your time being explorers and part of your time no, we need to get food. It's just now because the I the United they've been so busy exploring. Yeah, let me bring it up here. By the middle campaign, yeah, they're doing uh there was something here about where they were like, okay, we are now yeah, middle campaign. Uh there was a part of it that they were saying it's like, no, we're now oh no, it's the late campaign is where IDED starts getting in the game about a lot of the novelties of the fringe where the fringe pads have worn off, they become the means of supplying the incredible demands of an overpopulated planet. 
The people of Earth Prime right. have had their lifestyles raised to a level that cannot be sustained without the constant supplies brought in from the alternate world farms. Right. You're, you're going from the the proposed you know campaign model at the end of the book. I say that they're gonna, if they do it, they're going to do it in response to the fact that the ASA is already doing that. Well, and, and, and saying it's like if the, you know, in the middle campaign, the ASA, that's what they're deciding to do. The fringe-worthy, it might take United time to reshift going, again, bureaucracy. They're going to be like, oh, crap, you know, and it's going to be the chicken little syndrome. The sky is falling, the sky is falling. We need to catch up because the ASA are making us look bad. Yep, so and they, it might and they be, are certainly going to do that. It might be by the early, late campaign in the proposed campaign model, you know, page 130, 131, 132 in the third part of the, the PDF, where that's when United realizes, okay, we need to get on the ball here. We need to start shifting our focus because, yeah, the ASA are making us look bad. We're supposed to be, quote-unquote, the good guys, and, you know, they're the the ragtag nations, well, all of a sudden they're bringing food here. We need to get, you know, they, they, they snuck it in under the wire and they are, they're making, they would, they're, they'd be doing it. Yeah. To help their people, but also sort of to save face. Again, we're on the supposition here that yeah, in game, the ASA has been made out to be the villain just because yes. again, earlier, yay, capitalism, boo, socialism, but yes, yeah, I debt United, they're going to have to buy early late campaign. They, they are half explorers and half, uh, suppliers mm-hmm. milking these alternate world farms for everything they got and just it's going to be it, it so exploration will be up because IDET will still UNITA and I keep one I UNITA is the organization IDET is a team UNITA they will have had more fringe worthy out there so they have the they've logged more exploration time because they have more fringe worthy than uh ASA right they'll all of a sudden realize wait a minute we've got all these worlds we found that have these world farms we need to start tapping them now and i'm sure after a while yeah the ASA will have been bringing in food and food and food and then when United gets on the ball the ASA is going to be seeing like for every one truck they're bringing in they're bringing in three four crap they figured well, you know, it's, it's going to go back and forth well yeah it's going to just depend on logistics. Because remember, those 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 twelve year old truck drivers are going to grow up, and they're going to be then you know able to you know you, you're going to have a massive fringeworthy force out there that they can do whatever they want to, even take over some of those worlds away from IDET. Yeah, because the ASA will end up playing the game of you know they're doing this and this and this, and we'll do this and this. Yeah, power allegiances may change on worlds that were normally uh, United stops. The ASA mm-hmm. could come in with quote unquote a better offer. Remember, they're uh, they're going to have their people out there building cells, trying to get those people to revolutionize, change their alliances, change, become socialists. That's that's their philosophy. They yeah. want everybody to join them in the big in the big collective. So even worlds that are controlled by IDET or or you know explored by IDET, they're going to you know, and IDET may decide, you know, that they're going to have to lock some of their worlds and hope that. Which doesn't keep the ASA from going in and unlocking it, going in, making their contacts, giving their supplies, doing whatever, and then locking the portal again. Oh, we were never here. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's going to be a cat and mouse game, still continuing. You know, and until uh, until and and I and I say that you know when you get into the far future, you know where they they basically have the super technology of the of the Tamellers. Essentially, you're going to have a socialist state because, as I said, the Tamellers didn't worry about need. Everybody, per, you know, produced. They were, the, and, and I believe the Star Trek term is a post-scarcity society. Exactly. They're and not so fighting once, over re- Well, Earth Prime won't be fighting over resources. That fight will be out on the fringe paths. But Earth, fi- Earth Prime will be fine. Because by the late campaign, well, by the middle campaign, Earth Prime has become, and again, D20 parlance, folks, PL6. Fusion power will have been found, so clean energy will start to be forming. And that means, again, with tech, all boats rise at high tide. Once the fusion age starts, then other sciences will improve, and things will improve, but there's been a lot of damage done to the environment over the past 50, 60, 70 years. So we're going to have to deal with cleaning up our world. We're going to have to deal with, okay, we still have population and 
you know, other problems, climate still we have to fix. So right, we're gonna yeah. be re we're gonna have to once we fix the climate and all that or stuff like that. Then then we're gonna start repopulating some of the lost species from other worlds that you know where humans weren't predominant yeah. and they still have plenty of those species on those worlds close enough basically and bring them in and start throwing them into the ocean and yeah. finding out oh wait a second we we the, you need a whole ecosystem you can't just throw a couple fish in you end up with uh, lake victoria oh <laughs> uh, yeah 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 but, I mean, some things obviously are going to come back. They can bring back the passenger pigeon. They can bring back, you know, uh, um, the whales, you know, if they're yeah. gone. They can bring back a lot of those kinds of species. Ones that we know, you know, and, and, and but it's going to be an ongoing monitoring issue. We're trying to make sure that we haven't created an imbalance by trying to fix the what the part that's now missing. Well, yeah, it's like Australia. Look what happens when um when they start selling Australian. What I want to say it was the pigs that they brought to Australia and it just no, caused, it was rabbits. Rap. Yeah, they were they brought something to Australia and it just totally messed things up for a while. Right. Well, the first thing they did was they came and they killed all the wild dogs. Yeah, all the dingoes. Yeah, yeah. Right. They killed all the dingoes and then they brought in rabbits. Rabbits got out. No dingoes to eat them. <laughs> Rabbits go crazy, start eating all the crops. So you basically you have you have people going on patrols, going around trying to kill herds of rabbits. And rabbits, you know, when they get riled up, they are dangerous. They they can kill you, especially well, yeah, a big I mean, bunch of them. Yeah, they're well, not all running away in fear. Well, and and now we're bringing up shades of Monty Python, the Holy Grail. But right, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just saying though, is is that rabbits? You know, if you've ever seen the 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 movie uh, Watership Down or read the book, you realize that rabbits can be fierce. You know they they you know they they oh no the rodents they they are yeah they they got the yeah. teeth on them. You 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 corner them, you hurt them, they'll come for you. Oh yeah, and remember they can they can jump like the Dickens. It's like all of a sudden it's like yeah he's eight feet away. Oh my god, yeah. So and they move so fast. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Anyway, because we always think of them running away from us because they're fearful of us. Well, yeah, because we're giants compared to them. But, you know, if, well, ex you, yeah, if, you, if you try for, to... Except for a slarg, usually fight or flight, yeah, it's, you know... Yeah. Anyways, uh, so I, I'm just saying, so I think that the ASA is basically going to just give IDET their comeuppance in the middle campaign. Oh, yeah. And and, and basically, you know, win the... Win the, the, the the war of, of social media. Yeah. I think that will happen. So that when we come into the late campaign, I think that IDET may really be on the uh, on the on the downside and the ASA may be seen as as the saviors of the world. Okay. And uh, and IDET will like to, you know, which is why they're gonna try really hard to bring in more stuff. But there's a couple other things that are gonna happen that aren't really part of that that this when I read it I said, You're very pessimistic. You know, I think you need to be a lot more. You're not taking. You're not realizing how much, or you know, what what's also going to be happening, and that is tech. Tech is going to come to Earth Prime, and tech is going to start making things better as far as what we're talking about. Because uh, in my campaign, one of the things that they get from the queller, and the queller are those stick-like uh, biological uh, robots. Yeah. If I okay, the queller had the in my in my campaign had the ability to produce an uh, basically an unlimited amount of tomato plastic. Yeah, it's a bio lot. It, it's basically plastics. Therefore, is it's organic. They can produce it because they're organic, and they you know that's one of the things that they do. Uh, they can build buildings. They do all kinds of things, but they can produce tomato plastic by the metric ton. Yeah. So, and we know that tomato plastic is really really tough. Yes. So. What happens is is that you start getting ocean uh, ocean farms, whether it's fish or whether it's algae or whether it's it's mussels or anything else. Basically, they're floating on the surface of the ocean over hundreds of miles square, held together by islands, but with this tough tamelon plastic that's not going to be destroyed by well misadventure. Or by a hurricane, yeah. or by anything else like that, and they're going to start producing food on a level 
that's never been seen before. Well, here here is my one thing about all this that the A and, and especially it's going to happen. It's going to have to happen in the middle campaign. Let's face it. Most of those countries that involve in the ASA education is not going to be the best now, unless these people from the ASA are going to Western universities and whatnot in Europe and America, their tech is not going to be quite on par as the ASA. That's the one thing they're going to have to catch up on. Yeah, they may kick Unite's butt on social media, but as far as high-level life science and whatnot, the ASA is going to have to play catch-up if they're going to want to do, oh, let's use the Tremelin plastic to make these, you know, sea farms that... The ASA is going to have to get help from, oh God, who were the... the well, I don't think the ASA is going to do it. I think that is going to be the IDA. I think the first... Well, yeah, they got the... Gonna... Uh, crap, the spiders. The Demixie, yeah. they're the construction experts. They'll right. be like, oh yeah, we can build this for you, no problem. Yeah, I can totally see that happening, okay? And that's why I'm saying that the ASA is going to concentrate on bringing in food from other worlds through trade through paying them, you know, money from gold that they mined on other worlds, whatever, you know, it's there that that solution to me makes sense based upon the the level of tech, the level of education, the um, you know, the, the social order of the ASA, that makes a lot more sense to me than them suddenly coming up with this out well, to them it to the world would be outlandish. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just they high tech solution. Yeah, if it's going to involve a lot of high tech, it's it will be united. Yeah, that's why I, right. I'm seeing this. And so I'm that's thinking, what's going to happen in the in the late campaign when they're trying to basically get back, you know, get you know get their groove back, you know, after getting swatted down by the ASA. This is how they're going to redeem themselves. Yeah. So the IDET is basically going to get black, uh, you know, uh, it's going to get dunned. Uh, in the middle campaign, and they're going to then redeem themselves in the late campaign, at which point, they're basically, I think it's all going to end up on parity, and, you know, and and it's not really going to be an issue anymore, because they're going to be, as you say, it's going to be post-scarcity. You well, know, because the, the, and I need to look up something here, uh, um, there is a, a scale chart I think it's an equipment. Let's see. Uh, yeah, by the time the late campaign comes around, Earth Prime is going to be progress level 7. That's where, like, anti-grav and stuff is going to be done and gravity induction fields. So algae farms like that, 20 years, you know, into the into the, the, the timeline is when late campaign that, starts. Right. So, and, and you're not yeah, gonna they're going to be PL7. You probably aren't going to have anti-gravity at the start of the late campaign, what? but it's... It's going to happen. It'll happen. During the late campaign, there will be anti-grab cars zipping around Earth Prime. Yeah. And so PL7, yeah, you're going to have these massive factory islands that are covering, you know, hundreds of square miles. And you also put here, they produce millions of bars of soiling green every day. Well... Because that's because it's made out of algae, so I was playing off of that. Okay, all right. It's not yeah. made out of people. Okay, yeah, and I think I've <laughs> soiling shown green you... originally was supposed to be made out of algae. Soiling yellow was made out of vegetables, and soiling or soiling red was vegetables, and soiling yellow was supposed to be made out of fish. Yeah. And then soiling green was supposed to be made out of algae, and it was supposed to be the most nutritious. But we all know what soiling green really was made of, folks. Yeah. Well, but, it, in the end, yeah. the oceans were dying. That's yeah. what he discovered in the movie. The, uh, spoilers, folks, if you haven't seen soiling green, but the oceans were dying, and they had to come up with a substitute. You know, So apparently uh, 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 a lot of food coloring... And a ready source of protein, and yeah. you've got new, the new version, the improved version of the soil green. Yeah, but there, there's a thing that I do. If you know me, I'll move my fingers around, and for Bruce coming up with soil and green algae, I see what you did there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yes. But yes. also, it's, you put here ever advancing AI runs most most food and transportation networks on Earth Prime. Yeah, in order to get an AI to do that massive, yeah, AIs start becoming, they start beginning in in progress level six. Progress level seven is when computer and AI technology becomes where they could do, okay, we need an AI to run this 500 square mile factory island off the coast of Chile. Done. Boom. It's there. 
It's kicking out food left, right, and center. It's harvesting the fish, the algae, the mussels. We're good. Yeah. Our people are fed. Exactly. So, yeah, so PL7, the late campaign, it could do that. It, they could sit there and just, okay, we're fine as far as the food goes. You know, we, we've caught up to the ASA, them, you know, milking these alternate world farms, and we had to play catch up. But we have the tech. Right. We can do it all here, and we can get our people back to being explorers and diplomats, and not right. Uh, and, it may, and it may be that they'll do a better job than the ASA. At which point, the ASA can take all those truck drivers and make them into explorers because yeah. they'll be old enough. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying is that they may at that point to say, okay, we, you know, uh, and, and they they may end up being they have in order to keep their alliances going on some of those worlds, they may have to keep like buying the stuff and. <laughs> Figuring out what other world to dump it on, you know, like be like the poor IDES where you go to some of those worlds and and they have uh, they have these huge warehouses and on one end of the warehouse, you know, everything is basically they're breaking apart crates with food in it and mulching it up and putting it back and sending it back into the soil's fertilizer and the other end they're putting fresh stuff with fresh produce. You know? And everything just slowly over, you know, as, as you go down, the, and they just keep it moving, the whole, this miles-long warehouse, and they slowly rot as it goes down until it finally, you know, that that's in the books, you know, that they have these worlds full of these warehouses where they're essentially, for the last thousand years, they, they've been um, uh, oh, what, what is it? composting. Yeah, they're basically harvesting and composting, and nobody's been benefiting from that food at all because the big system's been down, and there's been no place for that food to go. Well, I've also heard that I've also seen other things where the food is kept in stasis, or if it's been like seeds, it's been irradiated so it can not rot. So I mean, I'm sure that the Termelern and the Commonwealth did have measures to preserve the food. Well, okay, we don't need quite this much food. I mean, we don't want to shut down the world. Let's just put this all in standby and we'll irradiate these seeds or we'll put this processed food in stasis. And when we need it again, we can just, you know, release the stasis or, you know, use these seeds. So I'm sure that the, the, the Termellon and Commonwealth had plans that this food wouldn't all be rotting. Well, I'd say that some that's probably true on some worlds, but there's a lot of worlds where the, they never got the uh, memo. Yeah. Because they're all being run by robots. Yeah. So, you know, nobody goes there. The only people who ever went there were the Tamellan um, engineers. engineers. Yeah. I mean, they were literally worlds that were entirely automated. They just fed the big system. So, they're never going to get the, you know, they're never going to get it. They're never going to get the memo. And they're just going to keep doing what they're doing. And they don't know that the, com they, all, they know that the Commonwealth isn't asking for as much. So, but they're, they're still going to have a minimum amount that they have to produce. You know, yeah. every system has a low end and high end where you never let it get below a certain level, but you don't have to do maximum production all the time, right? Unless there's a unless there's a demand for it. So I, I'm just saying is that's what that's what would happen on those worlds, especially you know the ones I'm talking about where they're automated. They and and, and I'm saying they, they may end up you know <laughs> the ASA may end up just dumping you know uh, can, uh, there might be some world with enormous pile uh, of, of grain just or they're dumping into a volcano doing something with it because they literally you know if they bring it back to earth it, it, they don't really don't they, they don't have the need for it and why why go and and spend all the gas and all yeah. that stuff to bring it back there you know when you don't have to anymore you know and, you know and of course because and they're going to of course they're going to demand that you know that the, the uh, uh, UN, you know, help them build their setup so they can still maintain their face. You know, and so they'll have their own ones too. And the AIs don't care who's, you know, who owns them. They just keep doing their job. You know, and so yeah, yeah you'll you'll end up with parity eventually on Earth Prime. You know, and so I think all those truck drivers are going to end up becoming explorers, and, and they're going to, and you're going to see a whole new double downing on trying to get worlds out there to change over to socialism based on the ASA. Yeah. You know, unless of course there's some coming to Jesus moment, you know, where the entire ASA decides, no, we're not going to do this anymore. We decide that capitalism is the way to go. I don't see that happening. No, no, they're not going to. I, I don't think you're still going to have the two separate entities on Earth Prime if this goes. They're going to be like, well, we, you're still, well, capitalism is going to go, if you have a post-scarcity income, capitalism no longer works anyways. Oh, it does, but it's different. Okay, so, you know, it, it, post, what happens is that, is that, you know, you, what what becomes scarce are things like handcrafts, uh, art, um, 
you know, music, uh, the written word, you know, uh, entertainment. And people, and people will do all that stuff because they want to create out of a sense of, okay, well, I don't have to really work for a living because I have AIs that provide food. We right, have you robots have food, that do you the have work. water, you know, you have, you may have some medical care because a lot of that can be automated. Uh, you have a roof over your head, you have electricity, all that is being provided to you. So yeah, what you have now, your life is now deciding how can I entertain myself in there and probably entertain others because I want people to, everybody wants fame. Well, everybody yeah. wants people to respect them for what they do. So everyone's going to be trying to do whatever. And, and you know, religions may take a, may, may get, get a big boost up because religion is something that um, people you can know, it, people can explore spirituality and instead of well I'm not I'm no longer having to work you know 40 hours a week or more right. because everything's being provided for right so, you can yeah you, I can, you can pursue um, philosophy yeah you know religion and religion is something you can do in big groups usually yeah. so you know i mean the uh uh you know the various you know uh, monk uh, uh buddha monkers over in china and such you know they were basically self-contained entities you know they yeah. grew their own food you know they considered growing their own food to be an act of training you know and so they didn't want food given to them they had to grow it themselves they did all their own work they they trained in martial arts whatever like that it was their life was that you know and you could do, now do that you could become a monk and and, ex and expect yeah, to you're, you're a, going to a end ripe up old with, age you're going to end up with this in the what's the term and because you kind of saw it in the matrix neo-spiritualism okay. where it's new age new age where uh -huh. you're going to have a lot of faiths old and new you're going to have christianity islam judaism shinto buddhism People are going to go back to that because they have the time to explore that in depth because of they don't have to sit there and do the rat race anymore. Right. Essentially, what we're saying is is that eventually, uh, as long as there isn't scarcity, uh, you are going to run into a situation where everybody has a basic income, which you know, a, ba a basic income and standard of living. Which right, oh, it's that's one of the three things that the old Commonwealth wanted that everybody had a basic income that there was no more wealth disparity right yeah that and 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 of course they that's what everybody wants i mean they all want that okay it's how you achieve it you know and from what we can see is that you know it's, it's, it's that if you have all this automation and, and ai and stuff like that producing all this stuff and one person can basically run an entire factory by themselves then you know those kinds of jobs are going to become the you know, PhDs are going to have basically. Yeah. You know, the people who are who are the the elite are going to have those jobs, and everybody else is going to have to figure out a way of dealing with it. I mean, they have the same issue over in uh, in England right now, where like a, a major portion are on the dole. Every day they get up and figure out what they're going to do with their lives. They don't have jobs. There are no jobs for them to have, but they still have to live. Yeah. They still have to eat. They still need medical care. So those are all provided to them through you know the and I'm saying more and more of the world is going to go that route, especially if they have a sort, you know, something that provides that. So, and I and I don't see any way of that not happening unless you intentionally in your campaign create a disaster that keeps it from happening, a plague or uh, another enemy that that comes in, you know, that, uh, that 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 causes these kinds of problems, you know. Well, by the uh, middle campaign, yeah. we have the Melor, and by the late campaign, we have the Coptics. So, I mean... Right. Well, the Coptics can still destroy a world in, inside of a month. We proved that on, in that one episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, you know, as long as that doesn't happen, then then I can't... Uh, the way the, the game is written and all the tech that's out there and all the worlds that are available to basically be utilized for the benefit of Earth Prime, you know, I mean, once you get Earth Prime in a perfect condition, then it's going to be a race, you know, to see how many worlds can you bring up to the same standard. Yeah. So, again, there's always going to be competition between, you know, uh, I, IDA and the ASA, you know, uh, by seeing how much, you know, how they can you know, spread the word. Yeah. You know, you know uh, capitalism um, and some socialism by the, you know, 
by the uh, uh, the IDA and probably pure socialism by the ASA. Yes. So and and basically they're going to let you know let the future be be our judges. See, in my campaign, uh, I uh, they're in the late campaign uh, and they 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 run a number of times into some ASA people. You know, who, you know, they were expecting them to be all like, you know, uh, Nazi, you know, uh, preening or, you know, or, or uh, uh, Cuban, you know, uh, cigar chomping. Yeah. Whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, uh, and they weren't. They were they were elegant. They were charismatic. They were, you know, every, you know, I mean, he. The ASA people helped them on a number of times. Well, yeah, know? and it even says that in in the, the text in in the D20 PDF. Yeah, there are times where Unita and ASA help each other in certain situations. Because let's face it, you're still from the same world. If you have yeah. a threat, it's you know the enemy of my enemy. You know, yeah, yeah, I may we may hate you on ideological differences, but we're all Earth primers here. Let's do this, and then what's yours is yours, what's mine is mine. Right. And in that particular adventure, they were on like a uh, Arabian Nights world, and they were trying to bring back this one item that was basically the equivalent of a new okay ah. and they were trying to bring it back to the guy this one guy they made an alliance with and the asa you know was trying to get their hands on the same item and beat them back not because they weren't trying to bring it back to earth prime because it was magical and so yeah. it wouldn't do any good to earth prime but if he but if they were the ones who brought it back they knew that the, le- the the leader would make an alliance with them rather than the ida so yeah. you had this one upmanship and 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 fairly fairly reasonable dirty tricks going on, <laughs> nothing really bad, you know. And uh, at the end of which it all blew up, and and uh, <laughs> uh, as it it got it, it turned out to to be really bad, and uh, and and it resolved itself. So uh, they they and and the and because the IDET team were the players. Uh, they were able to save the day, and the ASA wasn't able to save the day. And uh, they went with the uh, primarily with the the IDA, but they still said, you know, we we're gonna we're still gonna make a, a, a an agreement of, of some kind with you ASA guys. You you really you know did your best, you know, and and we like the way you think in some regards, you know. So it was a matter of you know both sides won, but in that case the IDA won a lot more. But you had this, I thought, pretty fun competition between the two groups, trying to be the one that looked best, you know, to get, you know, to the uh, uh, to the rulers, yeah, uh, in uh, to, in order to get the the become the 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 organization of record for this world. So that was, uh, and, and that's what I did. I mean, so like I said, they they've run into these guys uh, a number of times, and and they're they're not. You know the cartoon bad guys that uh, that they are in the book because they've evolved. You know they they they're now very political. They're very they're very good at making alliances and 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 they look at a culture and they say what do these people need? You know we we know that they they, they have you know they're they're the you know the Iron Age. We know that they, you know, have these. They, their 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 religion is this kinds of religion. We know that they have uh, these kinds of social structures, whether they're democracy or whether they're a uh, her, uh, hereditary uh, monarchy or whatever like that. Yeah. They've got a playbook for going in and basically saying, okay, this is how we get them on our side, and this is how we change them into we want them to be. So they 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 come in with a lot of confidence. They don't have you know they're again they're looking at they they take the long view. He says even if we don't succeed initially, we plant the seeds. We start getting ourselves set up. We start working toward this world becoming the world that it needs to be from our point of view. Yeah, yeah. And so they're 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 not the you know uh, the backstabbing um, short-term opportunists that I—they're—they're they're not uh, all the, like the terrorists and out. terrorists and terrorists, assassins exactly. and child right. soldiers. I mean, right? No, they were young. As a matter of fact, more often than not, they're raising them up out of that because well, they don't like slavery. Well, yeah. In the know. beginning, you're going to see in the ASA in the early campaign a lot of these 12, 13, 14 year olds who they just happen to find fringeworthy. 
Yeah, they've already got the gun in their hands and they're going out and exploring these paths. And by the time even the middle campaign, you're going to be seeing a very savvy group of explorers and diplomats who, on occasion, if they need to, will, you know, fall back on the Teddy Roosevelt phrase of gunboat diplomacy. Right. Speak softly, I mean, carry a big stick. Yeah, um, we've already talked about how the fringe-born on either side are going to be raised in academies and they're going to be trained from the from from a very early age with the idea that they're going to be going to other worlds and influencing governments yes so and so they're going to be like you know that that girl from sweden or finland you know they're all, they're going to be activists they're going yes. to be they're, they're going to have they're, they're going to believe the the their beliefs as, as strongly as they can and they're going to be prepared uh there's a uh, in the 50s and uh, the 60s, they came out with a, a space series called Tom Corbett Space Cadet that was basically, they made tele movies for it and stuff like that. But these guys were essentially running ships that were policing the solar system, and they were 16 years old. Okay, They were handling nuclear-powered rockets. Now, they had people above them you know, who were older and more seasoned, so they weren't they weren't expected to be like you know commanders and things like that. But the point was is that they you know the the amount of of responsibility that were given to these people were far more than what most people would consider people being able to do. I mean, most people don't think that a twelve year old could run a corporation. Yeah. But the fact is is that in some places in the world there are twelve year olds and fourteen year olds and sixteen year olds who are doing that. You know, uh, in uh, uh, the Russians, that the uh, the guy that was basically in charge of doing a colonization and the uh, annexing of basically the uh, Canada, the whole the whole west coast of the United States, all the way up and over to Russia, he married a twelve-year-old. And I know I know that people have a problem with that. Okay, this was the 17th century. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She basically ran the business. Okay. She was 12 years old, and it was, she was very successful. Matter of fact, usually it was the guys that screwed things up. I mean, the guys had to go out there and, and be the faces because, you know, it was a man's world. You know, they, yeah. women generally didn't get to make, you know, didn't get to make the alliances and sign the contracts. But the truth of the matter was is that she was running the company. They were successful because of her efforts. And and she's not just, I, I don't pick her as she's the one woman out of 10 million, okay? I'm just saying, though, is that she she was basically, she stepped up. Yeah. And, you know, and he, and, and the, the this family relied on her and took orders from her. And, and then, she, and she grew up. I mean, you know, she wasn't 12 forever, you know, over the next few years, she became an adult. And... So when they got to uh, Canada and they were making all kinds of alliances, now she was she had six years of seasoning on top of her native intelligence, and she was basically making contracts and handing them off to the menfolk to go out and have people sign. Yeah, because she was good at it. I'm saying is that twelve year olds become adults eventually. Yeah, and if you and if and if you plan from the beginning for them to take that kind of responsibility that's again that's one of the reasons why children of captains of industry become captains of industry that's why the king's son becomes king okay not yeah. just because of hereditary rule because he's been with dad they're groomed yeah they're, they're groomed, groomed. They, they, they've been sitting next to dad watching him make decisions asking questions for their entire lives so when it comes time for the for replace the king because the king died or the king got sick, who are they going to turn to? Yeah, yeah, they're going to turn to the most qualified candidate, and 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 it's just going to be like what they did in uh, after World War One, where Germany was only allowed to keep a thousand soldiers, so they made each soldier able to command a platoon or command a, a regiment. They basically made them all colonels. Yeah. They didn't call them that, but once they, they started, you know, it, it came time for them to decide to go and rearm and everything like that. All of a sudden, all those soldiers, those, you know, foot soldiers suddenly became promoted to high ranks and started taking the recruits who came in and teaching them the proper way of doing everything. Yeah, because the, they, they were chapter and verse. Uh, term uh, brevet promotions. Yeah, right. There, there were no, there were no foot soldiers. They were all, all basically chiefs. 
Yeah. With a, with a grand chief, you know, in charge. So, and I'm sure that's what's going to happen with the ASA. It's the same thing IDET's doing. You know, they're going to take those kids and they're going to train them up as much as they possibly can because sooner or later they're going to have to cut them loose without, you know, any, without as much supervision as we'd like them to have. And you got to have trust in them. Yeah. They're going to be out there doing whatever they're going to do and you can't control them. Well, it's kind of how when you raise any younger version after a while you just have to cut them loose and and hope for the best yeah you and i are both parents we've had to do that with our children so sure yeah it's just and okay i've taught them all i can here goes every time, my, every time my son you know stepped up i said go do it if you fail you learn something yeah <laughs> there's no downside you know so you know and, and i i kept throwing opportunities at him as, as fast as i could see what would stick yeah. you know he became the, the the leader of his section in um in in band okay okay uh he uh he you know he, he never really uh in boy scouts he never really took leadership roles mostly because he was more interested in band and going that direction yeah. but i'm saying is that in boy scouts they're constantly trying to get these boys to become leaders yeah you know, upstanding their citizens of the community yeah that's the, right yeah but i mean inside the organization itself you know there's patrols and patrols have a have a senior patrol leader and assistant patrol leader and a quartermaster okay those are three roles each each you know patrol and a patrol has eight boys you have 60 boys so you have eight patrols that's uh that's 24 boys at any one time that's in a leadership position and then you have on top of that a lot of other leadership positions like archivist publicist webmaster uh the uh, quartermaster for the entire troop uh senior patrol leader assistant patrol leader troop guides that go out and actually help train cub scouts to to become ready to become boy scouts yeah so constantly they're given opportunities to step up, which is a lot more than I can say for almost any other place. You know, that's clubs in in high schools are an opportunity for you to take leadership. You know, which is why people are encouraged to, especially in Japan and other places, to join clubs. Oh no, my my daughter at her at our old high school, she helped create the anime club, and I think junior year she was vice president, and then senior year stepped down to treasurer secretary. But yeah. still, yeah. So, I mean, those groups and clubs we put our kids in, I mean, like, you know, sports teams, eh, you're, you're, you might be in a position, but you're not going to be given, like, assistant coach. But all well, these other, yeah, like, but, extracurricular but could, but things. Usually in sports things, you break into squads. Yeah. And so you have your squad leaders, you know. And but, so, yeah, it's these, op- I mean, I, 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 I think that people miss out on these opportunities sometimes. They don't, they think the kids go into school and spend 12 years basically sitting in class and doing homework, yeah. okay? And if that's all you do, you really missed out. There are other things in schools that you can do. I, I was in a computer club, and, you know, so, yeah, right. I mean, we, we all had our, our things. Right. But... And, that's but I'm, I'm saying is is that you know in, in a lot of ways you know in Western culture we don't encourage for the masses of people we don't encourage that as much as we should you know and I think a lot of people don't realize what a benefit it is for their kids to do these things to prepare them for responsibility and leadership as adults so you know because you don't want to raise sheep no no. No. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, so the ASA and the IDA in their academies are going to be stepping that up, you know, to a whole new level because you know the, the stakes are higher. Yes. They're not only trying to do these things to help the earth; they're also in competition with each other. The they ASA try to and the IDA more allies and build right their, because the a, the ASA might be trying to you know in their own way building their commonwealth. Sure. I well, mean, they definitely will be. Yeah. The, the, you know, there's, there's two commonwealths, which eventually will probably merge into one. But in the, even in the late campaign, I would say the ASA and the and and um, and, and the IDA are going to be really two separate commonwealths on the same fringe pass. Yeah, yeah, that is agreed. I mean, yeah, if they if they merge, it's going to be in the that that fourth part. You know, the late late campaign that you know like where it's talking like 120 years down the road after fringe discovery probably right. by then earth prime will have all merged and the two disparate entities will realize okay we're on the same 
team were from the same planet. Let's just, at this right. point, there's nothing else we need to fight about. Yeah. Well, as they get more similar, you know, they're going to find more common ground. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, what, what you're going to find is you're going to find the diehard um, uh, capitalists and such. Yeah. Okay. All right. They're going to go to some of these more primitive worlds. And they're gonna, you know, they're gonna jump in there and fight tooth and nail to to basically build their own little economic empire on these worlds. Yeah, that's gonna happen. That's where they're gonna end up because not every world is gonna wanna, you know, is gonna want everything that the IDA and, and the AEA may have, uh, ASA uh, is gonna have to offer. They're gonna say, yeah, you outworlders need to stay away. We'll we'll trade with you, but we don't want you interfering with us and out you know and, and unless they start sending in you know people to subvert those governments like the asa will, will no doubt try to do you know ida may be doing just as much they just don't advertise it you know as being one of their because they're not supposed to they're not supposed to be engaging in imperialism which is really you know what that's about uh, the uh it, it can still happen you know uh that there's going to be places for people to go you know, it's a, it's a million, million worlds out there. So if you really want to go out there and and uh, come the, the biggest, you know, uh, the biggest frog in a small pond, there's a place out there for you. Well, yeah, it's just like in, in the Prime Directive game based on the Star Trek universe. When people realize there are other planets, you had whole demographics and, and subsets of humanity going, oh, we want to have an Amish world, you know, and we'll tag along with these people. That way then, you know, they'll give us our, our bit of land and we'll, you know, go with them. Oh, and right. we're socialists and we want to do this. And, oh, we're, you know, Africans of this philosophy and we'll go. It's the same thing with Fringeworthy. Just sure. if you can find it's a way. It's also the same thing they did with, uh, with Lightspeed, right? Richard's Facebook, not FTL, the new one. Easy Space. Easy Space. Yeah, Easy yeah. Space. They basically just, you know, got cobbled together a colony ship, took off to some world, made it their own. Yeah. Yeah, and there's plenty of worlds out there on the uh, uh, on the star on the on, on star portals, and and even on the uh, uh, primes where no people live. Yeah, but you can literally move in and make it your own. Yeah, because by also the late campaign, more people will they'll find more keys. They'll start gifting them. And sure. just more and more fringe worthy will appear. Where after a while, you know, well in the late campaign, you might have all of Earth Prime being fringeworthy. Especially if someone discovers how to make everybody universally fringeworthy. In which case, everybody will be fringeworthy. Yeah. If they if they learn how to tweak quantum signatures, then yeah. then Yeah. I mean, it's going to happen eventually. There's no question of it. Yeah. yeah. Or someone's going to basically convince Schmert that, you know, after they've established a big enough commonwealth, you know, to turn off the fringeworthy filter because it was turned on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not normal. It's not part of the reality they, they basically told them, you know, told that the is true. To, yeah, that's right. Turning off that filter just allow anybody to walk through. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because that's the way it was originally. Yep, that was part of the made to inhibit Melor travel and marching armies of millions of people along the paths. Yeah, right. You know, from one world to another in in, in conquest. Yeah, and that even where the Melor weren't involved, there were still worlds where they would try to do that because you know they had they could do it. Yeah, you know, and uh, if if you're like a an Iron Age culture and the next and the next world over is only copper, hey, it's it's empire time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've covered uh, the topic. Uh, do you have anything, any more big issues that you want to cover? No. I mean, this was a fantastic concept that just, I mean, and I've been playing, and I, I started with the 92 edition, folks, and this is just something that never hit me. Like I always say, I've been on this podcast now for nine years, and I still learn something about what I call the Tahulkaverse every time I get on to do this podcast. So, yeah, this this was a fantastic, you know, tangent on this subject i mean just yeah wow <laughs> all right well great I, th I hope everybody who's listening has has enjoyed this um and will perhaps think about reintroducing the asa into your camp fringeworthy campaign uh and if the they're already part of your campaign then you can think about how you're using them and maybe uh and, and see if any of our ideas stick um uh, if you think that we there's other ways we could have done it that would have been better Please let us know on our Facebook group, uh, fans of the uh, Gaming on the Frontier uh, podcast uh, uh, site, uh, uh, tritechsystems.podbean.com. 
and um, and anywhere else that you can get a hold of us. Um, you know, you can always uh, send me an, an email through the Podbean or on Facebook uh, or even my own personal email. I don't care. Uh, we will be glad to uh, uh, talk to you about what you're doing and and try to make your game even more awesome than it already is. Oh, yeah, remember. That's what, that's what Gaming on the Frontier is all about. Yeah, and as we say, feedback, feedback, feedback. We want to hear from all of you on what worked, what didn't, and just by all means... We enjoy the contact back and forth from what we talk about and want to hear what you guys have done, you know, took the idea and ran with it. So please, by all means, I'm trying to recall any other uh, iTunes we still do. Well, yeah, I mean, basically, uh, iTunes is one of the big feeds. So yeah. Yeah, so contact me on iTunes. Yeah. If you like, if you like um, our podcast and you haven't left a, uh, uh, a a rating on iTunes, please go there and give us a, a generous rating, uh, and uh, that way more people could learn about the podcast and and uh, make use of the uh, hundreds of episodes oh, that yes. uh, we have done to make your your games, whatever they may be, as 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 awesome as possible. So we'll have more for you next week. So until then, this is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.